welcome to the first episode of Mia's Musings. Today, we are going to discuss the hot topic debate of whether transgender athletes, specifically transgender girls or women, should be allowed to play in competitive women's sports leagues. This includes high school sports, college sports, and professional leagues. First, what I'm going to do is I'm going to present the argument that they should not. And these arguments that I'm going to present to you are purely based on fact to begin with, and then I'll get into the politicization of them. So firstly, the people who think that um, these transgender women should not be allowed to play competitively believe that because these women are still biologically male, um, that they present an unfair advantage in the leagues because um, even with hormonal therapy and possible surgeries, um, these women still have stronger bones, greater lung capacity, um, just overall advantages physically that biological females are not born with. Um, I'm now going to tell you some scientific facts surrounding the differences between um, biological male and female bodies that would affect physical competition in addition to the ones that I just mentioned. So, male athletes average 4% to 12% body fat compared to 12% to 23% in female athletes. Males develop larger skeletal muscles as well as larger hearts and lungs and a greater number of red blood cells which absorb oxygen for an aerobic advantage. That essentially means that male biological male athletes have more stamina when it comes to competing than biological female athletes, which would give them an advantage in sprints or extremely long tennis matches or things like that. Next, I'm going to present to you the alternative scientific opinion of Dr. Eric Verlaine, um, who acknowledges that men on average have an advantage in performance in athletics of about 10 to 12 percent over women, which sports authorities have attributed to differences in levels of the male hormone testosterone. Um, and Dr. Villain attempts to answer the question of whether um, testosterone in trans athletes allows them to systematically win all the competitions. And Dr. Villain begins, um, believes that it does not. Um, he says that higher levels of testosterone are associated with better performance only in a very small number of athletic disciplines like running, um, hammer throws, pole vaults, um, and it certainly does not explain the entire 10 to 12% difference. Uh, he also notes that every sport requires different talents and anatomies for success, so this difference in testosterone levels or the physical difference of muscle mass and things um, would present themselves differently in different athletics um, and in different competitions, which I think is important to note. Um, 
as we listen to the rest of the facts. Now there is a very important difference to understand in this debate and that is the difference between morality versus physicality. In my mind, the morality of this debate is simple. Anyone, regardless of gender identity, should be able to play any competitive sport they want in any league. Point blank, period. <laughs> um, the physicality of this debate does make things kind of muddy. Because of biological makeup and the limited effects of hormonal therapy and surgery, transgender girls could physically outcompete the biological girls in competition, um, thus making the competition unfair or unbalanced. I prefer to use the term unbalanced because I think unfair gives the um, connotation that the, this debate is trivial and it is certainly not trivial, so um, I'm going to use unbalanced throughout this podcast. So, now that we've covered morality versus physicality and how that plays out in this debate, um, let's talk about the politicization of this talk, this debate, this topic. Obviously, we have Democrats and Republicans, um, and I'm going to present to you general support from both sides, but then also two specific examples of um, people who are Democrats, athletes, former athletes who are Democrats or are Republicans, one of which is a woman, a gay woman, and the other of which is a transgender woman. So, the Democrats generally support the transgender women in sports movement. Um, the Democrats supported Title IX, which in 1972 allowed women to play sports competitively in college and high school without discrimination. The Democrats are generally very inclusive um, in their views of social rights and individual rights. Uh, that being said, they haven't done anything notable to prevent states from ruling on this debate. Um, a classic example is Mississippi, who actually banned transgender girls and women from playing competitive sports in their state, so that happened. <laughs> um, and the woman who I want to bring up on this debate is Martina Navratilova, who is a legend in women's tennis, and she is a member of the LGBTQ plus community, a Democrat, and she does not support the movement. She does not support the movement openly because she believes that the biological argument has strong standing. Competing against someone whose body has higher levels of testosterone than permitted in female competition would be an unbalanced match, in her opinion. Um, she has been called transphobic for this, and I want to clarify that just because um, the science of it is more convincing to a person does not make them transphobic. I want to get that out right now. Um, it is not meant to um, offend anybody or, or um, really cut them down in any way. Uh, where I think it gets a little 
where I think it gets marginalized is when there's no active um, movement for solutions to this issue, which I firmly believe there should be more active steps being taken to incorporate um, transgender women leagues or some sort of way for them to play competitive sports. Um, yes. So Martina does not support transgender women in sports, though she is a massive advocate for Title IX and um, the LGBTQ community. She did take many hits in the 80s when she came out as gay. Next, the Republicans um, are generally not, support, not in support of transgender women in sports. There is a distinction to make here. Some far-right Republicans are using the biological argument as a veil for transphobia. This is true. Um, but others, like Caitlyn Jenner, who is a transgender woman, a former Olympic athlete and former Olympic athlete, um, she disputes the Democrats with the biological argument because she knows firsthand the possible upper hand that these transgender girls could have in competition, seeing as she was a biological male and technically, <laughs> biologically, she still has um, higher levels of testosterone and everything, even after her surgeries and hormonal therapy. Um, something to note here from the Republican point of view is that their news um, sources refer to this debate as an issue, um, and I want to stress that being transgender, being a transgender woman in sports is not an issue at all. It is simply a complex question that people are debating and discussing and learning about actively. Um, there have been some moves to involve transgender women um, in competition at the NCAA level, so the college level. Um, these policies include requiring a year of sitting out while on testosterone suppressants, and once these athletes have completed the year, the athlete must undergo many tests to participate in just a practice, let alone competition. Um, my thoughts on this haven't fully developed. I'm not sure if the sitting out um, involves some form of training or practicing while on these suppressants, but um, I think it's a very interesting policy and I'd be curious to see if and how they'll change. final segment of my podcast, I would like to present my opinion on this debate. To start, I want to stress that this debate is very much ongoing and that as more information and studies come out, opinions, especially mine, are subject to change. I also want to acknowledge that the latter half of my opinion is no way influenced by political beliefs or people. It is purely formed um, from what I've learned about this topic, as well as my view as a female student athlete in high school. At this moment, with the information that I know, I believe morally that anyone, regardless of their gender identity, should be able to play whatever sport they want. And as I said earlier, I'm super, super interested and hoping to advocate for solutions 
for um, transgender girls and women playing in competitive sports because I believe they have a right to. Um, but as I'm going to say right now, I don't think in competition with biological females, it'll be a balanced playing field. So um, I think the science is too hard to refute on this um, and that the physical advantages that these athletes would likely have would make the playing field unbalanced. Um, but I am interested to see if any solutions will be presented specifically by the Biden administration who's really pushing for more trans rights um, with the healthcare and the military and um, things like that. So I'm interested to see if his administration will present any solutions to this. Um, I think that'll be something interesting to keep an eye on. To conclude, politics and science have been mixing in debates about abortions, vaccinations, and now gender identity in sports. With the exception of vaccinations, these topics rarely have cut and dry solutions. They are muddy and complex, filled with situational reasoning and politicization. I would encourage those who don't play competitive sports or those who only focus typically on one side of the debate to take a minute after this podcast and think about the facts that I presented. Maybe you'll stick with your opinion, which is great, strongly, you know, encourage you to really believe in what you put out there. Um, but maybe you won't stick with your opinion. Either way, I'm hoping that I've broadened your view on the matter and helped you see the big picture of this debate, both sides, without bias. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mia's Musings. All sources used are linked in Noodle Tools. Bye!